0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the full forty with Chris, Rob, and Willie part of the Nova Insider network. It is Sunday, January 29th at 10:07 p.m. Congratulations to the Eagles and Go Birds and the Chiefs um, who will be meeting in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. That those games literally just ended as we are going into this uh as we're going into this podcast here and I guess the Andy Reed versus the Eagles storylines can start to, uh, come about. yeah. So oh, gosh, the script writers for the NFL finally got this, <laughs> this, this, this matchup. So, um, anyway, neither here nor there, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, and even though we had one game this week, we certainly had an eventful one. Um, and, uh, and we certainly have an eventful week to come. So, uh, we come to you on the heels of a five point loss to a ranked team at home. Stop me. If you've heard that similar story before this one looked and felt a little different because of a certain participant. And I think we probably have to start there. Um, But Justin Moore is back and like, not just like a little back, like back, back played like 31 minutes, 31 minutes back. Yeah. So, so he is a starter and he's playing 31 minutes a game. So this is now the Justin Moore that we have. And we are not fully healthy because we have Longino and I don't know Njoku status, but we are not fully healthy, but we are um, certainly a lot more healthy. This is kind of the moment we've all been waiting for in this season. So, here we are. We saw our first game with it. Obviously, Justin's rusty, couldn't hit a three pointer, had just four points, um, although impacted the game in several ways. But totally. I'll pass it to you guys. What are your thoughts seeing Justin Moore on the court?
1: I mean, my immediate like you could tell within. So one from a uh, breakdown, like from an emotional perspective and then from like a game flow perspective, from an emotional perspective, it's obviously awesome to see him back on the court less than a year later after that terrible, terrible injury and seeing him back playing 31 minutes was pretty sick too. I definitely did not expect that. Um, so it felt really cool about that and you could tell everybody was pretty pumped about it. Um, and obviously you saw like, uh, Colin and Jermaine were back for the game too, which is cool. So they were there in support Dada was there as well. Um, from a game flow perspective, it was wild. You could see just how much of a difference he makes uh, right off the bat. Like the offense just looked so much smoother. As a fan, I felt so much more comfortable just having Justin bring the ball up the court. I was like, okay, I can take a deep breath again. Unfortunately, we still lost, which which we have to talk about. So it's like, oh, yeah, we waited, we waited, we waited for Justin, and he's here, and we still lost. Uh, but as you alluded to, presumably there's some rust on Justin, you know, he's, he's obviously a better shooter than what we saw today. And ideally that rust kind of wears off. So I guess that that's probably like the theme of the season of like, Oh, just wait a few more games and then it'll get better. I don't, hopefully it'll get better at some point. Um, but I don't know. My headline was, it was cool. It definitely made the team better. It didn't change the ultimate result of the game. Hopefully it will in a couple of game. Hopefully it changes the result of one of the games this week, which we'll get to because otherwise it could be I mean I know, it, it could be a rough week. It could be. A rough <laughs> week for sure. yeah, yeah anyway, really. those are those are my takes from a uh, quick reaction from Justin.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was good to see him back. Um, it was definitely there was like a level of emotion to it where we came out like just kind of firing. I was like, oh shit, we got Justin yeah. back. Um, offense looks great. Um, it's really gonna. I mean, it's going to help everyone or er, everyone can slide down, or roll up, down a spot. Um, the floor was more spaced for cam than ever. I don't think it was oh. a coincidence that cam had his first game of hitting or, or hit letter team and three pointers made with four of them. Yeah. Um, it, I don't think that was a coincidence at all. Um, I also think it finally gives us the answer to the question of, you know, like end game situation, and uh we after the armstrong offensive foul or not he, he, when he drew the charge justin got the ball and that ball is in justin's hand and he went for like a layup dunk and missed it but i think it's just kind of important to call out that in his first game back the final the shot with 45 seconds the ball's in justin's hands we know it's justin's team i think that's just a like a sign solidifying it um sucks we didn't get the w but we look better overall i think there was a little bit of like i think it was like there was a moment of the first 10 minutes we like everything felt good and then we can get into talking about this but there were some rotations that really didn't make some sense um there's i (laughs) their value to the platform or to the to the program is fantastic there isn't really a situation that Chris Arch and Trey Patterson should both be on the floor together. That's just not you are cutting your offense down and then if you have Slater out there who is still like I love Slater, but he's still not the biggest offensive threat in the world. You're essentially cutting your offense down by like two and a half depending on how aggressive Slater wants to be. So there's some things to take away Um, some things that like frankly, I think we need to see just some rotation improvements and that kind of comes just down on Kyle, Um, but all in all, um, I mean, we're, we're retired. We're, there's no more fucking moral victories. We're we've ten and eleven. You can't take a moral victory anymore. So it's yeah. just like, I don't know. We look better, but
1: figure it out, or we'll just the start. Figure- the starting five initially looked so sexy. Yeah, I was like the first the first five minutes. I was like, oh fuck, this team. This team could be, could get really good right now. And like <laughs> like you said, well, like the spacing was sick. We had so many we had like more open looks for three generated off of drives and just some better passing than I can remember in like the past 10 games. It was like, they were intentional open looks, kicked out to Cam, kicked out to Caleb. Like again, not all of them went in, but I was like, Oh, this is the way this is supposed to look. And it was just, it was just nice to see that happen.
2: Yeah. <clears> and also change. just to that side um, about not our looks go- going in. Like if I had told you in a game that like, and Whitmore would make four threes, but only there'd only be two other threes made across by everyone else the rest of the game. We'd be like, yeah, we're going to lose that game. We only make yeah. six threes. Daniels went one for five. Moore went 0 oh for five. I think Dixon was like one for two or Slater, one of the two was like one for yeah, two. Awesome. And that was basically it. Like, yeah, yep. that tracks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things. So on the Justin Moore bit, I, I, I mean, look, on the emotional front, like you talk from a team perspective, I, I actually want to talk about the Justin Moore kind of perspective, like the images burned into my head of Justin Moore's injury were like horrible. I can't even begin to try and re-explain or re-enter the feeling that I had knowing that the team was going to the final four last year and knowing Justin Moore blew out his Achilles. Like that was horrible. That was yeah. a horrifying moment. That was it, the weirdest feeling of like,
2: I wanted to be happy and I couldn't.
0: Yes. Yes. It was so unusual. It was so unusual. And like looking back now and knowing that Moore's the whatever, like that it, it does kind of, I don't want to say it makes it all better. It doesn't. Uh, but it was like, it certainly makes me feel like, okay, like we got to see the other end of this chapter here. Like the image of Jay Wright, like more just like huddled over and like crying on the bench at the final four and Jerry putting his arm around him Jerry right. Leaving the program. <laughs> and then, and then all of this to have that come kind of full circle and Justin Moore play today, that to me was, was like a huge emotional lift, just as like a, forget like a, fa- like a fan, but like a human, like it was like, yeah, yeah, it was totally. awesome. And like Justin Moore, like the story was written about how KD was like helping him out like well the rothstein tweet that announced that justin moore was coming back like katie quote tweeted it and saying congrats like like justin like
2: cool
0: yeah it it was just super cool like the whole thing to have it kind of come full circle we knew that he was playing in in, in practice and was kind of a full participant for a few weeks now um but he was really struggling with the decision to play And it seems like over the last couple of weeks he got there Um, and it was really awesome to see that. And I'll be honest, he looked, he looked rusty. He looked like he didn't like he needed to catch up to game speed a little bit, but, but he looked better than I kind of expected him to look in a lot of ways too. Um, So like, and, and so, I want to talk from the game perspective, there was obvious, there was an obvious emotional lift of having him on the floor. And then kind of over the course of the game, you just saw kind of like Ed Cooley and Providence kind of like, just like beat on that and wear us down a little bit. Yeah. And so I think that's where his rust started to show even more, but, but man, just like certain things around the offense, like he is a, it's kind of, it was kind of like watching a good quarterback, like probe, defense Mm. like he's like just knows kind of like it's just some some it's something that sounds so simple but we've just taken it for granted for so long because we've always had someone good at this just his ability to get into the offense to make reads to like know that okay i'm going to make a move here i'm going to drive into the lane a little bit i'm going to draw a guy and i know i have a guy open in the corner for a shot like that's what we were talking about cam whitmore having open looks like like all those little things that Justin does, like those are like a quarterback making checkdowns. Like, you know what I mean? Like, totally. so like his ability to do that was like, it was just so awesome to watch. And I have to imagine that having that and like a guy like a Armstrong, who's growing in the system, like to like watch that and like watch how it's supposed to work has to be helpful. Like, and I'm sure he's seen it in practice, but to actually see it lived in a game is like different. Yeah. So, So there was a ton of that. And then also one of the comments that I've really had about this offense is that we kind of like find something that works for one or two possessions and then keep hitting that same button over and over again. And eventually defenses adjust. And we didn't do that today. Like Justin kept moving the thing around, right? Like, like, okay, Mm. now we're going to get a cam three uh, after I drive and kick. Oh, okay. Now that guy is not Come now, now the help defender's not coming. So I'm gonna take a hard drive to the to the cup. Oh, you know, something else happened. So now I'm gonna swing it around. So like the, the 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 ball movement that we've been clamoring for that wasn't happening all of a sudden came thrust right back in because you had someone who could actually literally manage a game. Yeah. So it was it was awesome to watch from that perspective. And the offense, look, the best way I could describe it is it looked like Villanova basketball. Like we lost the game, but it looked like Villanova basketball and not just a team fighting to stay in a game for, totally. for the whole, for the whole game. So yeah. that was the good. Um, the bad was execution, um, missed layups down the stretch, mixed executions, a couple missed free throws, six of 23 from, from, from three. And you kind of wonder with how decent we were from, from um from mid range and, and, and down low, like, should we have attacked that a little bit more and not taken North of 23 pointers? But uh, some of that, you just, you draw up to kind of what the defense was giving you. Um, and then the ugly, I, we we hit on this a little bit already, but I want to talk about the rotations. Like I'm so like, weird now that Justin is back and Rob, you and I were talking about this a little bit um, with um, you know, on in, in our Slack group, but like, but like now that the, now that Justin's back, the minutes allocations today wasn't terrible. I, I like yeah. on like a overall basis, but when you dive into the details, and really you hinted at this before, like we just can't have like a guy like a Chris Arch or Trey Patterson and or a Brendan Housen like on the court at the same time. Like you just like we just can't do that. It, it needs to be, oh, you're getting a sub in because you got to give Caleb Daniels rest. Okay, bring Arch in with the other four starters, right? Like oh you need to sit dixon because he's tired like okay bring patterson in and then have slater and patterson be the big like kind of the bigger guys on the team right like, totally. like like you need to like he need he's got guys playing 30 plus minutes which i think is fine but like but like you need to have guys who are kind of like you need guys who are like just entering into somebody out to get the flow of the game like like i love what trey's brought Chris Archidiakono has done an admirable job in a lot of ways. Obviously he's gotten dogged for a lot of reasons. We're not going to get into all of that, but like, but like they've done admirable jobs, but the, but the reality situation is with Longino out still and hopefully coming back in the next couple of weeks, the only guy who's coming off the bench who's really supposed to be additive is is Armstrong. Like they just just call, call a spade a spade. Everyone else who's coming in is coming in to substitute for a starter. Like, I don't know how to describe it better
1: than that. Yeah. You, you're supposed to play a certain role and come in in that versus like be this other cohesive unit. Like this uh, And right, we, we were talking about this and uh, I made the point. It's like, if you look at, if you look at the overall numbers on the box score and the minute distribution, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that seems reasonable. Like, that's cool. I'm excited about that. Like that probably went pretty well, but then it's like how we ended up there was actually super weird and didn't feel right in the moment. And that was like the stuff that you alluded to. And the thing that stood out to me was, and it, the analogy I made, it was uh, kind of like, you know, remember back, you take a math test and it's like, oh yeah, you, you, you got the right answer. But like the math you did to get there was totally wrong. Like you just <laughs> happened to luck into the, the right answer. Um, that's kind of how I felt. And like the, again, like I'm always a feel guy. I'm not like an X's and O's guy. But I was just like, I was watching the game. And like I mentioned, like the first five minutes, I was like, yeah, this is sick. Like just, <laughs> just run the starting lineup. Like don't play anybody else for the next 40 minutes. So obviously, obviously isn't the answer. But it's like, then it just seemed like it was like rapid fire rotations. And it's like, boom, somebody's in, boom, somebody's in, boom, somebody's in. And there was like, there was no flow. It was a bunch of people coming in and out. You didn't have the chance for like the starting five to kind of reestablish themselves. It was just so so frenetic almost and like you said like then some of the combinations like didn't really make sense to me and like you're like well yeah this lineup's gonna suck like <laughs> I can tell you that right now like we're gonna get trounced when this lineup's on the floor um so so that was a little bit weird in, in terms of how it played out um but again you know maybe part of that is the fact that you know at this point Kyle has had basically like three different teams that he's had to manage right like first part of the season he didn't have cam or justin then he had a team with cam so he had doing a great cam but he had no justin now he has cam and justin back and he's got to like figure out how all that works so i think there's a balancing act of he's got to figure out how he wants to do the minute allocation but i still think i still feel like he can be better in terms of like who's getting paired up on the floor in the game because it it just felt kind of weird Yep. I think
2: I think he's just. I think that there are six to ten points that we probably leave on the floor just in terms of camp. Or camp. Kyle trying to figure out rotations and manage that. Yep. I think he's. I like. It's interesting. He's doing something that Jay's never done. Like he he will he's he's going to his
1: bench. Yeah, like yeah. in his defense, we were
0: nine deep. As yeah. January 29th. We were <laughs> like,
1: we we're nine. We we're nine deep. Like seven minutes into the game yeah i was like oh okay yeah yeah sorry go ahead and
2: so it's just like yeah it's trying to figure out what the right way is i also think just like in moments it's like it wasn't the right idea like there was a time where providence was doing like a full court we'll call it press so it was kind of a token press but they were doing it and mark got a layup off of one of it and then when i saw it i was like well it's clear if they're gonna do this stupid press." Mark should be in because Mark can break it himself Mm. just with his speed and athleticism. It never happened again. Um, (laughs) And obviously we had some inbounding issues, which led to like points, which is just very, But, but every single one of the inbounds that we did that got stolen, it wasn't even like, Oh, Providence did a really good job defensively on that. It was just kind of like, are we thinking right now? Like totally, it was hundred
1: percent. Like, can't agree yeah. more. They were so frustrated. Was yeah, totally it like, wasn't
2: like if Providence had denied us for five seconds, and then it was like, okay, we had to get it in. And it was a steal. Or I was like, yeah. whatever. But everything was kind of self inflicted on our end. Um, so I just think Kyle has a little bit to learn there. And hey, I mean he's a he's a second year coach. He's definitely a rookie coach when it comes to handling Big East, um, and he's also facing probably. The best X's and O's coach in the Big East, maybe outside of Sean Miller and Ed Cooley. Um, so, I it's it's tough. Um, I think, but like at the end of the day, the math problem was right. You know, he got to the right place. Maybe Chris plays a little bit less. Maybe when Jordan comes back, we we'll figure it out. But uh, Chris, what you said was interesting because that's kind of where we're at. It's. Mark is our only like additive role player coming off the bench. Every other person is replacement of time, replacement of minutes, and hopefully adding or hoping not taking anything away. Hazen could be the other one, but Hazen also hasn't shot the ball in like three mm. weeks, which oh is gosh, just kind of right. right. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of what it is. But the
0: but the script on him is out, right? Like like everyone knows. Oh, he's in. Like just just absolutely just wh- wherever he has on the floor, just be in his face.
2: Yeah, I I think there's we have there's definitely things we could do to scheme him open, but then it's like, are we really going to scheme open our ninth man for a shot? <laughs> like, so <laughs> I get. It.
1: I mean, I, ideally, Justin solves part of that, assuming that, and I think so. Floor at the same time, I think there'll just be more natural opportunities, which, as we alluded to, like we we haven't had until today. And all of this lineup talk to say,
2: I didn't mind what Kyle did. I was kind of think at the at the end of the game, not mm. the. Chris Trey, but the Dixon was on the bench and it was Slate, Cam, Justin, Mark, and Daniels. Those were the five. I didn't mind that lineup. I kind of liked it. I was intrigued. Um, especially cause I don't think Providence had Croswell out there anyways. So it was, there was no real reason for Dixon to be out there. Um, I, I think Dixon came in like later, but um, I thought it was an interesting lineup. Um, they defended well. They like, at the end of the day, hats off to Jared Bynum. Bynum went off. That's just really what it was. Biden, we were – the game was in the balance. We were up seven at a point, and Biden single-handedly pulled them up one, and then we had no answer for him the rest of the game. And that's what a – I mean, this was a guy who preseason people were talking about being first team all Big East and is now, like, living back up to that.
0: Stop me if you've heard this before. Good veteran point guard gets – gets a college basketball team, a win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a tale as old as time. Um, Look uh, uh, on the loss itself. Like uh, this is a game. I agree. Willie to me, like it came a lot down to like a lot of people just want to go hammer the coach, coach, coach point, like home over and over and over again and I'm not singling out any particular players because I think it was everybody, but like at some point in time, like the guys on the floor have to execute. Right. Like, right. Like, like uh, there's, there's, there's yeah. only so much like coaching that goes into like, Hey, make this layup. Right. Like, right. Like, or like, or like get this loose ball, right. Like all the guys are playing a good effort, but like that well, that, that definitive moment in the game to me was the moment where we get a stop the ball caroms out. Devin Carter grabs it, gets it off to Bynum in the corner who drills the three. That, that was it. That was the game, right? Like that, yeah. that play, that sequence was the game. Right. And it was kind of like our whole season in a nutshell as well.
1: Well, <laughs> it, and like, again, not to point fingers, but just in terms of execution it was like last possession, second the last possession, Justin just threw it away. Yeah. I, right. I did not have Justin Moore throwing away the game. on like one of the most pivotal possessions on my bingo card today, but like, it is what it is. So,
0: right. Yeah. And, and like, it's like, it's like, yeah, we give players a pass individually, but like, as a collective, like, like the, the team has to execute down the stretch, right? Like, yeah. point blank, like, at, at, at some point in time, it just becomes down to it. Now, a lot of people will say, well, coaches putting them in the right position, this, that, and the other thing. I, I don't know. To me, I look at this and say, even if Kyle Neptune was like a picture perfect first year head coach of a program, like he's going up against a guy as a coach in Ed Cooley, who he is giving many, many points to, right? Yeah. Like
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, like Ed Cooley's yeah. really good. And he's got a really good team. They're ranked 23. They're gonna move up. Like, like, and they are and the only reason why they're ranked 23, by the way, is because they dropped two while they had a couple injuries that they were going through. So so they're, they're going to be right back up. Like Providence looks to be like, I think this Providence team might be better than last year's Providence team. If I'm being honest, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but like Ken Palm, they're kind of on balance the same, but yeah. this Providence team is pretty impressive. And last year's Providence team did not have a guy like Bryce Hopkins. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. They have a the guy this year in a way that they haven't had last year and they this this is pretty good, so it's an interesting team for sure. Crosswell's gotten so much better. He's he. It's it's like night and day. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so absurd how good he is. Yeah. One thing that's interesting for us, and it's something that I feel like the guard situation and the coach situation and the injury situation has overshadowed a lot of it. But man, we give up a lot when Eric Dixon's not on the floor from like a five stand, standpoint, and because we give up a lot it's very clear that that Dixon's instruction is to not get into foul trouble. Mm. And, and as a result, like, especially in first halves of games, like I've noticed this, and it's not a knock on Dixon at all, but like on first halves of games, we just get absolutely clobbered down low, right? Like second chance points and whatever, like teams that are, you know, bigger size and Dixon's doing everything he can, but like clearly, they ask that what, what he's been told is, is like, I, you can't, we just can't have you enter the half with two fouls. Like just can't have it yeah. Like just from like a fundamental standpoint, otherwise like we're, we're fucked going into the stretch run of games. So I, I like, I, I don't know what the answer there is. Um, transfer portal. Transfer. Yeah. Well, the, uh, transfer portal is obviously the answer after the season, but on the oh. current part of the season, short of Nana and Joku getting healthy and all of a sudden being a rotational piece. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, that is, that is a problem, right? Could like we, that, could that, we, that could we know. have
1: Slater just get like real fat and then like he could just <laughs> kind of play the five more. <laughs> I don't know
0: if Slater based on his body and look like, I don't know if getting fat is even possible.
1: I think any, I think getting fat's possible for almost anyone. I'll, I'll, that's my hot take on this show. All right. Shaq, you heard
0: it here first. Get get Slater fat.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like Shaq, you're out here
2: putting getting all these guys absolutely ripped and super strong. Real challenge. Get someone fat, Shaq. Let me see you yeah. like Shaq unfit. That's what I want to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, amazing. Um, but but that's kind of that that one area is like something that's clearly been overlooked by us and others, um, and it's but it's clearly just like an obvious thing that we get beat up down low and then so we overcorrect to help down low in a halftime adjustment and then the last 10 minutes of the game they go a million percent from deep and uh and that was the game.
1: That wasn't helpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not helpful. Um all right. So that's that, that's a game and kind of the recap of uh, of that.
1: Should we, should we do awards? Do we have awards?
0: Well, my alpha dog of the week is justin moore (laughs) it doesn't matter how many points he scored he played and so and so i'm going to i'm going to give like an alpha i'm going to give a a a very um hat in hand so to speak alpha dog award to 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 justin because that's a kind of like a not 10 month in the making
1: type type deal I mean, I think he played like it, like it's again, we didn't win, and if you look at his stat line, you'd be like, oh, that's not an alpha dog stat line, but I think the way, as we discussed earlier, the way he controlled the game and dictated the flow of it, I think very much warrants it for sure. So like it's my vote as well. I'll vote for it.
0: Um, you could give well, it to cam. <laughs> I
2: would, like cam's who we actually realistically like would give it to. Um, just I it was a great game from cam, like fully. I think it's interesting that every single one of Cam's like really great games in the last like ten we've lost, so that's interesting. Um, but he had it. I mean, he had it working from three. He had it inside. Um, I still think sometimes he gets a little bit shocked at the athleticism around him on the floor, where I feel like he he gets blocked a decent amount. And I think he it's really just does. He, he, yeah, one he's fearless, so he's going to, like when you have that like scare money don't make no money, so he's going to get blocked getting it going in there, but. I think there's been a couple where it's just been like, oh, he's like, oh shit, okay, they can they can get this still. Um, but yeah, he's my alpha dog, uh, but Justin is also alpha dog. The man fit the Shaq fit man play of the week, though, I think is Cam's dunk, which was yeah. which has, was has which to stemmed be. from having Justin on the floor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Because but yeah, Cam had been Cam's been trying to get that pump fake and drive baseline all year. He's gotten a few times, but that was probably the cleanest where he got the pump and then it was, he went up. And it was just every single Providence player was like, Yeah, this is a business decision. I'm not. No one's <laughs> go for it. Yeah.
0: I think Hopkins had two fouls at that point. Yeah. He was just like, Have yeah. at it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Pass the fucking ball award of the week.
2: I have it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be Slater. Not in on oh. the, um, when we had the, the, basically the turning point of the game on the uh, byum three, where we forced the turnover. Slater just doesn't hold on to the ball long enough. Realistically, he should have caught it taken a second. And then passed it, but he tried to touch it out ahead. Devin Carter knocked it in the air. Whatever ball gets up in the air, and then Carter hits, uh, throws it up ahead to Bynum, who drills a three. Yep. that one. And even the announcers are like, "If this is a close game, that's the that was that yep. was the five point swing. Yeah, right yep. there. Like that's Agreed. just what it was. That's that that doesn't happen, and we're tied. If we're looking at like a five point swing, so it was yep. frustrating because you're we like, oh, they, we have a dunk, and it's not really Slater's fault, but like. It's just, like, after I'm thinking about the pass the fucking ball award, I'm like, hey, Slater, maybe, like, actually grab the ball and pass it. But, yeah, Yeah. yeah I, I, I I'm going to go
0: with that one. That, to me, was the game. It was yeah, the game. Totally. Brando and Krustak called it out on the on the, on the the call, and they were 100% right. Point blank. And from that yeah. point forward, we were just playing from behind. Like, I think a couple possessions later, Cam hit a big three or something like that. But, like, it was at that point over. Um yeah so so i guess kind of like the the talk that everyone has been having on on the twitter sphere and whatever obviously we're 10 and 11 this team is not making like barring some unforeseeable run which is unforeseeable for good reason right like this team is not going to put itself in a position for an at-large bid um now um there's some conversation to be had here around like, okay, well, what does this team, how does, how can this team kind of like salvage this, this last month of so of the regular season, because you don't throw away games either. Right. Like we're not just like saying, all right, fuck it. Just Biggie's tournament or bust. Like, you know, like, in yes, in a lot of ways as fans, we can say that, but the team would never say that. So like, how do you put this team? How do we get this team kind of going in the right direction here? Um, and we'll get to our next two games, which unfortunately is not the best two games to start with this. Oh. Um, but but you have two away games at um, at Marquette and at Creighton this week. And then you have three home games in a row that are all winnable. I believe it's DePaul uh, and then Seton Hall, and which I think is a night Wells Fargo game, by the way. And then you have a, the Butler game. So you have DePaul and Butler in the Pavilion. Those are now revenge games, which is horrible to say, but like is our revenge games, but games, I do think that we will win, um, especially given our lineup now. And based on how those teams have looked of late. Um, and then you have, uh, and then you have that Seton Hall game in the middle as well, which Seton Hall has been better, but that's a winnable. That's, that's, that's gotta be a win yeah. um, in, in terms of team morale. Before you kind of get to the back end of the schedule where you have at Providence, you have Creighton at home, you have Seton Hall away and you have UConn at home. I think I may have missed a game in there somewhere, but. At Providence,
1: at Xavier. You didn't say Creighton. At Xavier, at Xavier.
0: Yeah. I didn't say at Xavier. Um, So that's uh, obviously at Providence, at Xavier should be tough too. Um, But. Creighton at Hall and UConn at home to finish is also a good finish. And if there's going to be wins here, there's opportunities for sure. And you'd like to see this team put the proof in the pudding before we get to the big East tournament. Yeah. To say, hey, yeah. We can win a couple games versus top 25 teams so that they could at least put on paper and in their like confidence set that they can going into the big East tournament. Like, yeah, we're here to fuck shit up. Like that's, that's that's, that's what you're playing to.
1: Yeah. I don't really mind the schedule actually looking at, you know, now that we have a different lens on it, right. It's like, okay, look, these next two games are going to be very tough, but I think they're also going to, they're going to show this team a lot, this, this team with Justin now, like, okay, where are the flaws in this team that we're going to need to fix moving forward? Then we're going to have those three games that you mentioned that are winnable, where ideally we're going to be able to work out some of those kinks, pick up the wins and like, improve the quality a bit. So then when we get to this back end of the schedule, we're like, all right, we've sharpened this team a little bit. People know their role now that we have Justin back and we've gotten in a little bit of a rhythm. And then, yeah, let's actually pick up some wins against a few of these top teams so that we have, again, I'm not saying we're going to run out the, the last five games by any means, but let's pick up a few wins against some of those top teams. So we have a nice little bit of a tailwind behind us going into the tournament. And then, yeah, like obviously the goal has to be to win the tournament because you win the tournament and then you're in the NCAAs. But that, that to me is the mindset of like, look, this next week's going to be rough. Learn from it, figure out what you want to improve, build a little momentum those, those next three games, pick up a couple on the back end, and then hit the Big East tournament and do some damage in, in New York.
2: I, yes. Um, I'm kind of just on the, like, we have two more losses in us. Like, that's like that's all we can afford like i still work from the like all right can, like if what's the at-large situation look like the only way that there's even a case to be built at large is to only two more losses we have 10 games left or 10 and 11 if we can't get to that 18 win mark i just i even even if we go and we beat like let's say we we're able to pick off connecticut and creating at home let's say we just hold serve at home that gets us five wins and then i still don't think that's strong enough like i we're getting to the point no that's no, no no it
0: wouldn't be it wouldn't be strong enough we'd yeah. be 15 and 15 no you, yeah you no it's not, like, not even close
2: yeah i don't even i don't even mean strong enough for the tournament i just mean strong enough to be like i don't know if that's enough to go into the Big East tournament and be like we can do this yeah. like i'm kind of of, of the mindset mm. that like to have confidence in the Big East tournament we mm. still need to get to 18 wins because otherwise we're just clearly squandering chances that we we're that, were, that we, that we have in these next 10 games. Like I don't, we're not going to run the table, but like, that's just like, that's just tell, what it is. Tell
1: that to Patrick Ewing.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, I, if Patrick Ewing can do it, I guess Kyle can. Um,
0: Look, realistically, Willie, I, I, I get your point. I think the number is not, I don't think it's, I agree with you. It's not five and five to finish to to make you feel good. Like, is it, is it, Six and four, probably not. I think it's seven and three. You you can actually feel pretty good just based on what we have to do, like, and who we have to face. Like, if you go seven and three, mind you, we play Marquette once, you play Providence once, you play Creighton twice, you play Xavier once, you play UConn once, you play Seton Hall twice. Um, and obviously, up to Paul Butler. But like, all of those other teams are at least threats to make the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, eight games against ncaa tournament bubble or better teams right like so if you win seven of those and you assume DePaul paul and butler are wins so that means that you've picked up five wins against ncaa bubble or better wins at seven and three that i i would say i would say that you can probably hang your hat on that um as a villanova team and say okay okay now entering this you know We can be okay so what does that look like what is the anatomy of that as we've been saying on this podcast like like at marquette at creighton at hall at um providence at xavier are five games that are away and and you need to pick off two of them and hold serve at home right like so can you win in newark Yeah. I think you can win in Newark. So that takes, let's, let's say you take Seton Hall off the board, right? Like that, that leaves your four ranked teams. UConn won't be ranked at the end of this week, but the four currently ranked teams in the big East where you need to get at least one, right. And then avoid any type of disaster at home. And Oh, by the way, I've said, hold serve at home, which means that like you're beating Creighton at home, which is they they don't look like an easy out at all. Like, Right. Like Creighton, Creighton looks like Creighton was supposed to look, right? So, so, so I'm asking to split Creighton. Is that is that doable? Yeah, I think it's doable. But you still have Marquette and 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 Providence and Xavier away. That's a tall task. Like that's a really tall task. And so that means that this team has to go one and one this week, right? Like, like realistically, you feel like this team has yeah, to. Go you got to right. get one.
1: You gotta get one. Yeah, and that's fair. But okay. but I do
0: think that seven and three gets you to that position, Willie. I I get your point. Eight and two, eight and two. Realistically, eight and two. You win. You saying yourself, okay, I win two games in this Big East tournament. I don't have to win this. Yeah, conference tournament. I. I think
2: that's what I'm doing because I'm still at the stage of like we're putting our hats and like obviously we're prognosticating here, but like the eggs in the basket of like winning the Big East tournament, which like that's that and like that in of itself is a hard thing to do as well so it's like how do we put ourselves in the best position that with at least a semifinal appearance in the big east that we have a chance and because as of right now like statistically it is not over we could run the table and then you're, oh, in the well, tournament, if you're, on, you're on the table
0: not. we don't have to do any work yeah in you're the in the, so like
2: we're still like sitting so there but like with realistically are we going to win both games this week? I don't know. And then after that. No, I don't
0: know. I can tell you
2: no. no. And then like we're saying, oh, yeah, we got we can beat DePaul and Butler. But like we just lost to them two weeks ago. Now, granted, we did not have Justin. I understand that. But like we already lost to both of those teams. (laughs) So with your
1: logic, Willie. I don't (laughs) want to
2: So I don't know. I'm feeling uh, I feel like somehow we have to get eight and two. But like. We can be eight and two on paper, but I haven't seen eight and two from this team all year. I haven't seen a team that could go win eight games and lose. Absolutely not. I mean,
0: that's why we put our eggs in the Big East basket because I ask myself what what what's easier. Like, what what's easier in theory? Could this team go eight and two, or or can this team? Just get hot and go f- and g- and win four games in March, kind of because yeah. because because you say, all right, well the semifinal game, we're going to get our tournament legs under us, and it's going to be against an opponent that we should beat with Justin Moore, and say, okay, that's one game, and then and then oh crap, we're the seven seed, and now the two seed is going to be like, oh fuck, I got to play Justin Moore's Villanova Wildcats as a, as a two seed. What kind of reward is this? and you're in the seven o'clock game and on th- Thursday night and Villanova fans show up and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, Villanova can win one. And they like, they do. And then, and then you're in semifinal Friday and it's like, oh, well now we're feeling ourselves and we could maybe get this happen. And this, like you start to play out like the Kemba situation yeah. or like the, or yeah. like the,
2: yeah.
0: our, um, or like the Jerry McNamara situation where you kind of like Say to yourself, like, oh, can a player carry a team, or can like a team just get hot all collectively at once in the garden in one place? I think that's easier than this team going nine and one down the stretch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough. So, like, am I putting all my tor- eggs in the tournament basket? Like, obviously, like, no, I'm watching all the games. Like, it's not like I'm sitting here saying, "Oh, turn off the TV and pick it back up." Biggie's tournament, we'll see what the hell happens, but. But like, realistically, like what I think this team can fundamentally accomplish, like, I think this team can get like, can lose two games this week and get better over the three games versus DePaul, Seton Hall and Butler, pick off one of Providence or Xavier towards the back end of of February, beat Creighton at home, beat Hall away and beat UConn, right? Like, that's how I think the team, that's how I think this might could go in like the optimistic scenario, in which case at that point, then I'm like, okay, yeah, biggies tournament time. I'm like feeling kind of good going into it, right? That's that's where you that's where you kind of draw it up, right? Like, so neither here nor there, yeah. Um, let's talk about this week, the week ahead, mm-hmm. um, so. Oh, you wait, know what? Before we talk minutes. about... The, sorry, let's talk about the week ahead, but we have another topic to talk about that we, we didn't previously discuss, but we have to address. Um, but the week ahead is at Marquette. So we have a multiple now revenge situation game. We've lost three in a row to this Marquette team. Um, and... Crazy. And they've had our number. We looked... Like kind of in retrospect now that we know how good marquette's been and how good they've continued to be right? like we look pretty damn good against marquette in the december 31st loss we should have won <laughs> <laughs> we left a- <laughs> yeah <laughs> we should have won <laughs> willie's just like Willie's so annoyed
2: <laughs> we should this. have won
0: like you could you could draw up a situation now, now that you have a little bit more context where you're like, oh, well, that December 31st game was like the whole season, right? Like you win we that did, game. and we, all didn't, sudden,
1: we didn't score for the last three forty five. zero situ, points.
0: You have a whole situation there where if you win that game and kind of play out like the different arc of like time from there, like the confidence boost from that game of winning that game and kind of how Marquette's looked thereafter and the impact of all of that on everything. And you could kind of come out to a totally different outcome for this month of January and how like defining season, defining that December 31st loss to them was at the time. Um, But we played them tight. We held the game at our speed. We played our pace. We kind of played our brand of basketball in that last game versus Marquette. Like, like we know about Tyler Kolek. We know how good that they've been all across the board. They're they're, I believe, the most uh, the best offensive team in the country by Ken Pom. Yep. Ken Pom number one. Uh, um it's kind of wild. And but we were able to kind of hang with them for a long time at the pavilion uh before they ratcheted up the defense down the stretch, where we ratcheted down the offense down the stretch, depending on how you look at it. Um but This is a game where, look, if you're going to pick one of the two games this week, like I know Marquette is ranked and has been awesome and Creighton is not ranked and is looking like they're finally getting better. But like, I feel a little better about playing at Marquette than I do about at Creighton. I like, like I realize we're, we're splitting hairs here. I don't feel good about either, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Marquette game. Are you guys on the same page or No. No no, you think you think it's Creighton is the better I, chance? I, I think we have no shot of both of them <laughs> Well okay fine uh. okay, fine I I, I, I
2: just yeah, I, I agree. but like if I had to pick one, I guess I'd take Mark no, I'd take Cre- I'm thinking about like playing at these places, which yeah. historically, we don't win at Marquette. like we've had <laughs> elite teams that can't go in and win at Marquette. This Marquette team, I think we match up better versus this Marquette team. So yes, in theory, this would be, that'd be the game to win. We're not, if this was a home game, I'd be like, yeah, we're playing Marquette at Marquette. I I just, I don't have very much faith.
0: I'm not saying I'm not sitting here. By the way, just to be clear, I'm not sitting here saying have a bunch of faith. Like that, not not my point. Like all I was asking is if I had to pick one of these two games that I think we have a better chance at winning, I think I'm picking Marquette.
1: Marquette it is. I would agree. I'm just uh, being in Creighton and against Greg McDermott always always frightens me. It's a tough place to play. Not that not that Marquette's easy, but. I feel like I the just, I feel like the Creighton fans are a little, I don't know, a little crazier. They, they get really bored out in uh wherever the fuck they are in Kansas.
2: Just as an like an aside, I'm I but just I don't know. know. I've no. always felt like Marquette and Creighton are the two toughest places to play for Villanova on the road. Yeah. Like I think Butler's tough, but usually their teams aren't as maybe like I feel like we can just match up better versus Butler. Xavier, as good as they've always been, we can we can always win at Centos. You know, we've been able to do that strongly. Providence, same. Providence can be as good, but we can win at Providence. I just, I go back and I'm like, Centos and, or not Centos, Century Lincoln, whatever they call it now, Omaha Bank, BH1, whatever it's called. Um, and Five serve, whatever month. I, I don't know. I just think they're very tough places to win. But if I'm picking one, Chris. In this scenario then yes i'll take marquette just because i feel like we match up better overall um i liked what i saw from us and to be fair it'd be our first time seeing creighton and this creighton team is red
0: hot and so that, that that's kind of it not to say that marquettes look bad at all they've looked they've been one of the best teams in the country like point blank uh over the course of the last month and a half but creighton looks like Creighton, and so I'm. I'm just like looking at what they what they did to Xavier the other day, and I'm like, oh my god, if (laughs) they if we have to go through that, they're
2: going to Creighton's going to lose to Georgetown on Georgetown anyways, and it's going to be hilarious.
1: (laughs) My god, it'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. Um. So so yeah, Creighton Creighton we have not seen this so far this season. So I guess we could do a little bit more of a preview uh, uh, on the Creighton front. Um. This team centers around their 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 starting five, who has been together now for for some time. You got Nemhart, um, you got Ryan um, you've got Kaluma, um, yeah, and so Trey it's Alexander. Trey Alexander, Shireman, I'm like a blank for a yeah. second, um, but and Shireman, but, yeah, and yeah, Pale Shireman, obviously the headband. Like, like that's a, that's a, that's as good as starting five as you're going to find. Um, and they have, they had that awesome win against Arkansas and they looked really good uh, and then kind of went on a massive losing streak and looked absolutely inept. They went through a couple injuries. Cockbrenner was hurt, uh was sick. And then all of a sudden Biggie's play started and this team has started to hit their, uh, you know, really kind of get it going here. Uh, down the stretch I think the only game that they let me just check this the only games that they've lost are at UConn and at Xavier and have since just absolutely they beat Providence by six at Providence they won by 21 versus Butler they beat they put up 104 on St. John's um, and then beat Xavier who has looked like a elite eight final four type team they beat xavier by 17 in a game that wasn't ever close so like <laughs> if you want
2: if you want an advanced number to it um over their win streaks, so the last four games so the last three weeks uh according to t rank creighton is the number one team in the country by advanced metrics over the Damn. last two weeks it's That's only crazy. four games for them but they are fourth in adjusted offense and 21st in adjusted defense that's where Creighton is right now. It's That'd it's not a huge great. sample size, but that's where they're at right now. Yeah. Conversely, let's see what Villanova is on that. T oh
0: rank. If you don't know what T Rank is, this is I we're getting into problems. the nerd numbers here. This is like beyond nerd. This is Bart Torvik. This is this is good. This is good deep track stuff. I love I, I do like Torvik stuff. I, I have to admit that I only dabble, but I, I do uh, love some good Torvik. I, I don't want to
2: talk about what I'm seeing, so never mind. <laughs> We are
0: 109th. Hell yeah.
1: Georgetown's all of us. Georgetown's at 108. <laughs> My favorite stat today was they showed like our record versus, uh, it's like the net 50. And it was sort of like. 0-5. 0 oh and, <laughs> oh and, oh and 5 I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, it's just such a depressing. It's like, the course he's prediction. Ow. No, yeah. It's like. <laughs> Thanks. Good, good yeah, so synthesis there. I like the conclusion.
0: Let, let me, let me drop the case for Villanova winning one of these two games this week. That means because you can tell, as you guys know, I'm not. This is, I'm, this is, this is me tra- because college basketball, that's, 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 <laughs> that's the best, that's the best case that I have for Villanova winning a game this week is just purely because sometimes college basketball, college basketballs, and that's just why. Like, like, and it's unfortunate because like, usually I used to say, well, we lost because college basketball, right? Like, and now I have to drop the because college basketball argument, like for us to win a game this week. But that's, that's what it looks like. We're playing the two hottest teams in the, in the conference straight up. It's
1: the way it works. But luckily we are the hottest we've been because we got Justin Moore (laughs) back. So that's right. That's when right. when iron meets iron here, or something like that, I think that's <laughs> yeah. I think that's how it's going. Yeah. Maybe
0: maybe sure. Marquette is a little bit um, disarmed by the fact that they've had a three game winning streak against us, and and that that is that disarming quality of it all kind of takes Most their probably. air out of their tires, and we don't get their best shot like we've gotten everyone else's best shot because everyone's like, oh, I'm still playing Villanova. Fuck Villanova. So and maybe we get a little bit not that we really did a number on people because i'm i'm
2: like oh like be, please take mercy on us they're like fuck you guys yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: like interacting on twitter rob is like hilarious with other big E schools like i know you don't you're not on it as much but like it is hilarious talking to other fans. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like we have Villanova coming up this week. It's this is huge. And I'm like, and like you get a smattering of replies to people uh, yeah. on those tweets that are like, they're ten and ten. Like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're really not good. They're, they're pretty mid. Like you can like it's not that big. Of, but then like most of their fan base is like, I totally agree. Like I realize they're not having a like a typical Villanova season, but this just means more because of what sure. we've had to go through and and everything like I, that's I, just it's been like I the entire it. conference and i'm like sitting there quote tweeting them and being like and being like for the love of god people we're 10 and 10 <laughs> let us go like, like 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 you don't need to be we, that we need, we need a win we need to win and it's
2: funny because we say that but if we win the big east tournament oh boy, my god. am i getting off some tweets <laughs> oh yeah oh god. yeah
0: the amount of tweets that i will be firing off <laughs> it will only be rivaled by this morning's justin moore's tweet fest so yeah. <laughs> By the way, I did a prayer circle, and that was the most effective thoughts and prayers ever done by everybody, anybody in the whole world. I just have to say. <laughs> tease and peace if everybody so well.
1: maybe you should do it for uh, for a win now. Now that there are players. Uh, so. Let's not get crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tease and priests for T's and peace for a uh, a guy coming back from an Achilles injury after 10 months. That makes sense. <laughs> Piece for a win this week. I don't know if. Hey, I man. Think.
1: Hey, look. Jesus cares about the W too. All right, so. That's right. Let's get him in our corner.
0: I love it. All right. One final kind of like OT topic, but related um, that I want to hit on before we close this out is the Big Five rumor. Um, oh, That's yeah. Yeah. Um, so so we found out from a Dana O'Neill article that was not denied. By any member institution in the big five, but was just say no final decisions have been made yet. So someone was disputing the reporting, Um, but basically said that the big five is going to reconstitute into a big five that just has six teams, which I kind of I kind of I've heard that they want to keep the name big five,
1: which I love. Why not? It's like the Big Ten. Yeah, that's it's like 12, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. What, what are numbers? Going, yeah. what are yeah. Numbers, numbers don't matter. matter.
0: <laughs> right. So so I hope that they actually do keep it the Big Five, but they would add Drexel into the mix. Um, and then they would split the teams into pods of three. They would play. You play a round robin in that three. they would theoretically be a, a, a number one seed, a two seed, and a three seed from each pod. And then in a triple header day, there'd be a fifth place game between the two three seeds, a second place, uh, a third place game between the two two seeds, and a championship game between the two one seeds. And then in, I guess they didn't go into any specifics here, but I'm guessing that those pods would rotate on an annual basis, that they wouldn't be like a set in stone set of Yeah. pods. So I guess the coaches would vote or something on some type of rank beforehand so that it's Mm. kind of evenly matched. All that to say is I'm interested to get your guys' take on it. My perspective is I feel like the Big Five has needed something to add more juice back into this thing. And so I am appreciative of the effort and like the fact that they're integrating the Wells Fargo element into this which i think is sorely needed and i love the idea of a triple header with the with the six teams all in one spot um in the nba arena in the city um and they were talking about doing it first weekend of december which i think is a pretty good time to do it um i have two qualms um one like villanova st joe's has to happen every year in my opinion um I would also add that I really feel like we should play Temple every year in my opinion but like I could if there's one I could get rid of between those two I'd rather keep the St. Joe's rivalry than the Temple one um and then and then the other qualm I have is there is no current plan outlay to play anything at the Palestra which even though I've been fine with the home game setup that we've had of late I do like the fact that we get at least one game every other year in the Palestra and I feel like that needs to be addressed in the new plan
2: so i feel like i saw and maybe it was a comment but i feel like i saw that as if anyone wanted to play the palestra it'd be between the two teams so in theory you could have if villanova has st joe's and drexel we could coordinate with drexel and be like hey this game is going to be at the palestra we'll split the proceeds whatever whatever it looks like and go forward with that so i think but nothing has been called out officially If there is one, I wouldn't even call it qualm, it's something that they need to do to make this work, is the Wells Fargo Center, the tickets, you need to be able to walk in and out. And what I mean by that is, Mm, if it is a triple header of all-day basketball, I want every school to go out to tailgate to drink and have fun, but not feel like once I go into the Wells Fargo Center, I cannot come back in. Like, it needs to be an open-door policy have people checking, like obviously checking bags when you when you a- exit and enter, like that's fine, but it needs to be an open door policy so that you can keep that atmosphere and actually keep it an all-day experience because I don't know that you're gonna get people to sit for sit for seven hours of game time because no. it's just oh. gonna be like, oh, okay. I I went to LaSalle, we played Temple in the five in the fifth place game, whatever. And now it's over. I'm gonna go home or I'm just gonna go out and tailgate. Like you Thank need you. to be able to find a way to keep it like, okay, people are coming in and coming out.
0: Yeah, that's, and if that's the case, like, and if it was locked doors, the one seed team, yeah, is not going in.
2: Ever. Yeah, exactly. You're not going in. You're just yeah w- waiting. So you need to find a way to make it like work. Well, it's like a big game.
0: five day. In, yeah, at the Wells yeah,
2: Fargo Center that makes sense.
0: Like you have something on Xfinity. You have the schools have their own tents. You have exactly. some fan games and some there's a chance teams. to
2: make this like actually something really cool. And totally. they just need to make sure they do it in the right way. Um, but I do love the idea of it. I the big the big oh, sorry, I keep saying the biggies, the big five did need to be like something different. I think this a lot of times I hate something different that they propose. I saw this and I was like, I kind of like this. Like this I love it.
1: This it's, this works. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It totally works. Needed I to have a things. Get it with
0: I have a suggestion on the Palestra bit um, and I did put this on Twitter, but I I think this would be a good way to do it um, because you have Penn and Drexel. Or, I mean, I, I think everyone understands geography, but the right next door. Yeah. So, so like, I think what you do is as a, as a gift to Drexel, you know, as a, as a requirement of Drexel's participation in this, because they were never in the big five. So like you just say, Hey, When you play your one, because you're going to play two games in a pod, so you get one home game and one away game in theory. Um, When you get your away game, or sorry, when you get your home game in your pod, you have to play it at the Palestra, and Penn would obviously play it at the Palestra. And then they schedule that so they're the same night. And then you have their respective opponents. So then you have a double header at the palestra. So you get one double header kind of like to start big five play. And then you have the triple header to end big five play at the Wells Fargo center. That would be to me, like the perfect way to kind of like execute this you Okay. Okay. You've now integrated the big, you've now integrated the palestra thing. Right, like everyone other than Penn and Drexel, which Penn already plays their home games at the Palestra, and Drexel, I can't imagine caring all that much. Everyone gets to have their other home games Temple, Nova, um, LaSalle, and um, sorry, and St. Joe's gets to have their home games on 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 their home floor so they don't lose that ticket revenue if you will so then you have that you get your double you get your double header in the palestra thing in which case you'd have a rotating mix of like the the villanova and temples and and la salle's and and saint joe's of the world who go in there and then and then boom you have the triple header to end it all at the wells fargo center that to me is how you kind of like fix the whole thing like you get the double header vibe and you get the triple header vibe and you get the wells fargo center and the palestra and you kind of got this figured out
1: well, that's good i'm like oh, doing, send it in yeah I'm doing the math
0: on that please yeah i think that works Yeah. um okay any other big talking points before we uh wrap up here Go Birds, that's really all I got. Yeah, yeah. I I will say, I'm as someone who's somewhat agnostic, uh, because I root for the Jets, not the Giants, and I don't even root for the Jets. If I'm being completely honest with you, I am I am pulling for the Birds to win this one. So, your mouth to God's ears. And Rob's pulling for the Birds because he wants a happy wife.
1: <laughs> Obviously, made made this afternoon much better after our loss. So. all right
0: all right guys thank you everybody for listening we'll be back after a after the uh, Creighton game thank you everybody for listening and as always let's go Nova